0: Welcome back to another episode of the Global Gamers Podcast. We are recording and we are ready to go. Yeah, it's good to be back. We're looking forward to it. It feels, I mean, we haven't missed a publication day or anything, but it feels like (laughs) we've had like our own little hiatus in our recording schedule.
1: Yeah, because we got a little bit ahead of it and now we're, uh, you know, playing a little bit of catch up maybe. Yeah, a little bit, but
0: also you were traveling. I was. So that's fun.
1: Yeah, I was in Colorado this past week.
0: Very nice. Any time for games or not really?
1: Uh we played most of a game of wingspan, but then uh um yeah. Did its
0: wings got clipped.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> uh the, uh my my girlfriend's uh niece who lives in uh china with her family they called in the middle of the game so ah, we didn't end up ending it but fair enough but yeah finishing it but it was still fun fun yeah. well
0: i got my first ever four player game of scython yes um,
1: which uh which faction were you nordic which is my Ooh. favorite one
0: yeah yeah um and i did win but nice one person it was it was his first time and the other two it was their second time Mm -hmm. So I was a little bit at an advantage,
1: but it was really fun. Yeah. Um, Are are these folks that play a lot of games or?
0: I kind of got them into Lost Ruins of Arnak for a while, and then eventually I've been trying to like break them out of it a little bit, (laughs) Um, which has been going well. So it seems like Scythe is the new thing now.
1: Well, because I remember you saying that after you got a game or two of that, and they kept gravitating every time. (laughs) Yeah, every
0: time. Um,
1: Yeah, but that was really fun. Yeah,
0: but. Yeah, one of them has like a pretty decent collection as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had a good time.
1: Oh, that's but awesome.
0: I missed I missed having a good heavier gaming session with you because we also had one of those before you left.
1: Yeah, we did. We uh, got in that that first game of Arc Nova. Yeah, was... <laughs> do you want to you want to process it now or
0: you want to save that for another time?
1: Ooh, I'm uh. I'm still collecting my thoughts on the Same. That one, I've I think. <laughs> I've thought about it
0: over the past week or so. Oh, I
1: have been too. Yeah.
0: All I'll say is I would I would play it again.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think it's I mean the size of that deck, there's just too much to delve into in one or two games. Yes.
0: But for sure. That can be a topic that we can come back to at another time. Sounds good. Because today we're gonna do another kinda different episode.
1: Yeah, switch things up a little bit. And
0: you came up with this one, so...
1: Yeah, so uh, admittedly, we're already into March, so this isn't quite a New Year's thing, but we've still got nine months to go, so we figured, let's talk about some games that are on our radar for 2023. Many of them are games that are coming out in 2023. Some of them might be just games that... ...have been hard to come by or a reprint, something like that. Something that we just haven't necessarily been able to get our hands on yet. But we're hoping to this year and we're looking forward to uh, seeing what some of these new games have to offer.
0: Yep, that's the plan. So I think the way that we decided to do this is we're going to try doing five each. Yes. And we're going to kind of split it up into three each will be brand new games will be yes. released in 2023 standalone games yes. yes one will be some kind of reprint re-implementation republication of a game that has existed mm-hmm. for a while right and then we each chose one expansion yes that we're excited about we did cool so it,
1: and it's kind of funny that like we both kind of independently of each other our lists ended up breaking that way (laughs) i know yeah we just
0: kind of brought it up tonight and we're like oh you did that i did that too is that cheating no it's well i did it too so i guess it's fine we're doing it that way that's the fun of this we make we make our own rules there's no rule book
1: (laughs) not for this game house rules (laughs) house rules exactly
0: um well why don't you kick us off and we can start with game number one yeah What what do you have
1: i'd love to so um one, this first game that is on my list is one that I am interested for a few, in for a few reasons. One reason is that there are some creative minds behind the game that have been involved with some other games I've really enjoyed. Okay. Like, um, like Calico and Cascadia. Oh, you know, I love um,
0: me some Cascadia.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And so... The other reason I'm interested in this game is I feel like on my shelf right now, I don't have enough light, quick games to open up or wind down a game night, and so I'm thinking this first entry might be a good candidate for that, and that game is called Fit to Print.
0: Fit to Print.
1: Fit to Print.
0: I have not heard of this game.
1: Yeah. Well, I will share a little bit with you. It's a little so thematically it's a little bit similar to everdell okay because yeah uh, i mean let's face it we're suckers for the cute woodland creature games okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh so it takes place in the town of thistleville and you play a newspaper editor of a small woodland town's new local newspaper okay and so it's a tile placement game and you're basically l- i mean think back to the pre-digital age of news and you're basically laying out your newspaper with stories and pictures and ads and yeah it sounds, sounds fun
0: very different that's very interesting because i guess I'm just imagining the behind the scenes of how this was pitched to a publisher. And I can almost <laughs> I know, imagine right? the publisher being like, Yeah, newspaper game. What if we put animals on it
1: <laughs> to make it a little bit
0: more appealing? And then the person who designed is like, Yeah, okay, that works. Yeah. Or I make, mean, I am sold. Yeah, but I think I think
1: so. This is a game by um Peter McPherson, which I don't hmm. He may have created other games before, but I haven't played ones that i recall okay from him but um yeah i think it's supposed to be a pretty like straightforward game like it's only 1.5 complexity on board game geek
0: oh that's even that's much lighter than even something like cascadia yeah yeah and
1: and also like the playtime is only 15 to 30 i was just gonna ask you what, what it's like okay so i mean so, I mean, yeah. That I'm,
0: definitely fills a space on the shelf. Is it, do you know if it's something that could fit in the category of, like, a travel game
1: that you could take, you know? That's a good on question. Vacation, next time you go to Colorado? I don't think it's a huge box, but it's kind of hard to tell just from, like, the Kickstarter yeah, page and the pictures on Board Game Geek. Okay. Well, um, I assume that you'll be getting it, so we'll find out at some I'm, point i'm hoping to the other thing i'll say is it seems as though it's probably a good family game it says ages 10 and up and it's for one to six players oh and that so, play time yeah yeah so it seems i imagine the play times a little bit more if you're all the way up at six players but fine but still what if it's 30 minutes that's still right that's still a win yeah so yeah that's one that i'm that i'm kind of excited about great yeah how about you? What's uh, what's on your radar for 2023? Well,
0: this one's probably not a surprise to you, but I'm going to kick us off. Since <laughs> I already mentioned Scythe. Yes. So I am very excited for Expeditions. Yes. Which is going to be released probably in July. Uh-huh. June or July. Right. And Expeditions is being pitched as the sequel to Scythe, and it exists in that same... 1920s alternate universe with the mechs and the peasants all the all the great things about scythe it has the same um artwork and it is once again going to be designed by jamie Stegmeier of Stonemeyer games fame and i'm just i'm very excited for this game because as you know i love scythe you also love scythe and It has a permanent place on my shelf, and I'm so excited that um, Stone as a company, is going back into the into that world and digging yes. deep into it and using it for another production. And what seems really cool about this game is that it's not just like you know, a reskin of Scythe or just right. more, you know, dudes on a map. It is a totally different kind of game. So it the looks like... The gameplay looks
1: quite different. Yeah, it's yeah. like,
0: from what I understand, it's a mix of tile laying. so like exploration. Like, I mean, as the name suggests, like, you're exploring, venturing out into the wild and uncovering new um, areas of land. Yeah. Um, And you're also deck building. Yeah. In a Lost Ruins of Arnak Kind of way,
1: yeah. So
0: I'm I'm very excited for that because it's going to be really different, but also with the deck building using one of my favorite game mechanics.
1: Yes, no, I I'm pretty excited for this one too, especially the tile laying exploration theme. Like the games that have done this that I've played, I mean, I'm thinking mostly of um, Betrayal. Yeah, Um, that's a really fun one, and it's a really low cost way to make every game feel new
0: yeah like and this won't have a com- um a cooperative element to it, like betrayal as far as i know so it'll be different even then oh yeah and i mean the other thing that i'm very excited about is so i am a Stonemeyer champion which yes. if anyone doesn't know about is actually very cool because you get to support them directly as a publisher right um and it's you pay an annual um subscription fee. Yeah. and it gives you a permanent 20% off off of all their products. Yeah. Um and like, you know, you get like a special newsletter and like early access to pre-orders and just behind the scenes, you know, right. cool information. That's ver- it's very cool. So I got it um in anticipation of when the Wingspan Nesting Box was coming out last right. fall and I got I ended up getting the Wingspan Nesting Box and Scythe with the promo cards and one of the expansions. And I'm like, cool, already that was it's worth paid it. paid
1: for itself. And so
0: really. now, I'm very excited because I'm basically going to be able to get the Ironclad edition of Expeditions, which yeah. has the metal yeah. mechs, which is so right. cool, and some very other cool. upgraded components for what a non-Stonemaier champion would pay for the regular edition. So I'm yeah. very excited about that. And if anyone's interested in Expeditions or other Stonemaier products, that could be a cool thing to look into
1: oh yeah well and um i honestly can't remember if these are things he uploads and it hits my email inbox because i'm also a Stonemeyer champion right and but because jamie will do like video updates
0: yeah sometimes. i think those are available i think those are those are like facebook available? live or youtube live streams is that what they are okay um, I couldn't remember. but i think some of the information that's in them is either exclusive to champions or champions will get it first. Oh. Or okay. that champions yeah. may get like, you know, some kind of exclusive bonus streams or Q and A or something. Makes sense. Um but from what I can tell it's the early access to the pre orders, priority shipping. Yeah. Um, the permanent discount and just the cool like behind the scenes newsletter and like blogs that he puts out about you know, tips oh, yeah. about like game design and what it's like to go through the publication process and you know, cool stuff that you know it's not an actual product. But if you're interested in these kinds of things, oh, yeah. it's a it's fun read and perk. Yeah, and it gives you a, an added appreciation for the amount of work and passion that designers and publishers and artists and playtesters and everybody involved yeah. goes through to make these games um, such fun
1: experiences for people oh, yeah. like us. I mean, there's. I don't know of a better way to get like an ins the insider scoop of like the yeah. board game, yeah, industry,
0: yeah. So it's pretty cool. That's Expeditions, yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about it relatively soon. Yeah, then next yeah, three in the months, next couple months yeah.
1: for sure. That's definitely, uh, definitely one to look forward to. For so, sure. what is your second game? So my second game is also. A little bit of a. mm, Has its origins in Cascadia in a way. So, this is uh, Cascadia designer Randy Flynn's next game. Oh, how did I miss this? Did I miss this? um, It's called Tabriz. And it is. (laughs) (laughs) So, in this game, you are basically. It's worker placement. And you're basically a carpet weaver in the Persian city of Tabriz. Okay. And you're collecting different components like wools and dyes to fulfill orders for carpets. And, you know, there's market fluctuations, the values of different things, like components can go up and down. Some can be out of stock. I don't have a clear sense yet of how the, game, the all those pieces of gameplay fit in together, but um, I'm really intrigued just because Cascadia is really fun, and I feel like this seems like a really promising theme and, like, yeah. an interesting idea. And, um, I mean, it's another one that I think is also a little bit lower on the complexity end for... You know, starting out a game night. It's only 1.5 on uh, War Game Geek. Did our Arc Nova experience (laughs) trigger you so deeply that
0: now you're (laughs) evening out the average?
1: I wouldn't say that. I guess I'm more mindful of, you know... I'm very fortunate to have you living so nearby to play these, you know, heavy, crunchy, strategic games with. But, you know, I also uh housemates and stuff tend to like gravitate towards simpler games and Yeah, I get that. Like yeah.
0: sometimes when you're looking at a game part at least for me part of my decision like I mean there's many things that go into whether I want it or not like the mechanics, the theme, the price, the size of the box like Right. Does it overlap a, st- a ton with games I already have, but mm-hmm. definitely what I found is Will I actually be able to play this with the with the people group I that usually I have? play with? Yeah, like, yeah is is mm-hmm. honestly maybe like at the top of my list right now in terms of things I consider.
1: Yeah, um, it's a big factor, no doubt. Yeah. But that's that's good. That that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. But I mean the other thing I'm interested about in this one is it's another game that's on the shorter end, thirty to sixty minutes. So Yeah, and I think I, oh, I'm blanking on the name of it right now, Um, but there's another, there's a Jaipur. It's like a trading game, but I think it's only two players and like. It's it's similar to Splendor in that you're just like collecting chips of different resources and then deciding when to trade them in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this one might be a substitute. Well kind of a riff on that a riff on that similar theme that has a little bit more going on in, in terms of gameplay, in terms of more than just the micro decision of when to buy things. Right. And then also more flexible in terms of when you can get it to the table because you know it's one to five players instead of just two, makes sense, yeah
0: um so my second one, yeah, and I don't know if you've heard of this one, but this one is called
1: Earth, oh, just earth, ooh old from the makers of planet Earth, <laughs> not to my knowledge <laughs> um
0: it is designed by Maxime Tardif. Published by Inside Up Games and it is supposed to be arriving for retail within the next couple months, hopefully. I keep I've been trying like poke around the internet and see what some of the pre orders say. It seems like May some Was
1: this a Kickstarter one as
0: well? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Um, but May seems like when I can start looking out for it for retail. Mm-hmm. And this one's gonna be a two point eight complexity. So okay not bad that's on par with things like wingspan base game everdell yeah um with a 45 to 90 minute playtime so again it's around that same level and player it count? is uh one to five. Oh, okay yeah so i think it's gonna go in that category i feel like
1: one to five is that sweet spot for player count
0: yes and it is a an engine building tableau building game ah sound familiar
1: Sounds a little bit uh, like uh, our friends from the South Tigris.
0: Well, not quite. Not I think quite. I think that the better example is Wingspan, actually. Okay. Where you're, or even Everdell, where you're, you're basically like going to be creating like a four by four grid of cards uh. and building your own ecosystem, mm-hmm. and those cards will like unlock. Um, they'll like chain effect into each other and help you get more stuff to grow so, your ecosystem. Oh, because.
1: So, like, all the cards are interconnected, so to yeah, speak. Yeah,
0: and I think that they're all unique, so every ecosystem, every time you play, will be different. And like they'll a snowflake. Yeah. yeah. So, it seems like, from what I can tell from reviews, it is... I mean, obviously, it's Earth-themed, so if you like that kind of thing, good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how it looks, the cards look straight out of Ark Nova. They look just like that. Like stylistically huh. the artwork so is
1: it same artist or
0: i don't know but it has that similar vibe of you know kind of half not sure if it's a photograph or not yeah but it seems like they're all you know plants and animals so it's kind of fine yeah um and it seems like from what i can tell like on board game geek the designer kind of wrote a blog post responding to some of the questions and comparisons people are making saying mm-hmm. is this game like wingspan Ark nova terraforming mars and basically responded to each of those things and what i could tell was that it seems like this is if you like arc nova but wish it wasn't as complicated and long this is for you if you like wingspan in terms of the theme and like the length and the complexity this is for you so i'm like cool that seems like it's for me. Yeah, that yeah. that does seem like it scratches that itch. Yeah, so I will be on the lookout for that and it looks like the retail price is going to be like 45. So, Ooh, that's that's not, a nice yeah, price. Yeah, not point a big too. you know, money sink in terms of giving right. it a try. Yeah. Um so we can be on the lookout for that. So that is Earth, coming soon.
1: Love it. Cool. We've got some... I'm excited about this, because I think so far we've both, like, come up with some games that weren't on the other person's radar. This well, is kind of fun. I mean,
0: you knew about Expeditions, definitely. Oh, yeah.
1: But I guess, like, Earth I didn't know about. And, yeah. Um, it... I think you would like it, given
0: yeah. some of our feedback about Ark Nova. Yes. It seems like this could be very much for people on our wavelength. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, our con- like zoological fans on a time budget. <laughs> yes. Um, so what do you have next? So my third game is a little bit of a branch out for me. And okay. I think in some ways a branch out for both of us from what I know. Nothing wrong with that. So I think just to get cut to the chase, this is a legacy game. Oh, boy. And this is <laughs> a narrative-driven game. Okay. So I know that, like... I know. I think for both of us, like, we've kind of shied away from that in the past just because of the time commitment. And there's so many good games out there, like, locking into a single one for extended periods is like, hmm, not sure about that.
0: Yeah, especially going back to our issue with, you know, the group
1: you have Exactly is, is an issue. Exactly. So... I'm kind of compromising on that in some way. I think the biggest like, game of this kind that is on people's radar right now is Frosthaven, mm-hmm. Isaac Childress's game. The sequel to the infamous Gloomhaven. Yes. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I've heard amazing things about both. I don't think I'm on that level yet in terms of time commitment because we're talking. Yeah. 95 scenarios that each take two to three hours.
0: Yeah, that... I don't know. Maybe I'm being judgmental, but it doesn't sound fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'm willing to bet that it's fun and well-designed, but I have no doubts on that. But I think I don't think I have a consistent enough group of the player count necessary to be able to do that over the course of several months. Yeah. Is my main... Thing. So, to get to the game that I'm actually really excited about and interested in, it's a game that's called The Queen's Dilemma. I've heard of it, and it's a sequel. It is a sequel. Sequel to the aptly King's named Dilemma. King's Dilemma. <laughs> Precisely. And so, this is a game by Helmar Hock and Lorenzo Silva. Narrative-driven game, negotiation game, also a legacy game. So the basic conceit of this one is it takes place, I want to say, about 100 years after the events of The King's Dilemma. Okay. And you basically have this kingdom that's kind of tottering a little bit, has this young queen who has just come to power, and she's trying to find her way as... She gets used to learning the ropes, exercising the levers of power in the kingdom. And so each player in the game plays one of her advisors. And so you're making decisions to advise her on what policies to implement in the kingdom, how to handle warfare and rebellions that might break out. But then every decision that you make. From what I understand, King's Dilemma introduces a lot of ethical dilemmas that make you have to make tough choices in the narrative. And so I think this does something similar. But then, you know, those decisions reverberate in unexpected ways and, like, affect the contours and narrative of the game for the rest of the playthrough. What is the
0: commitment level of this relative to something like bloomhaven
1: yeah is it so less it is it is so for this one complexity level it's a little over two okay. it's like 2.25 roughly i like that and it is one playthrough is 60 to 90 minutes so a little bit less than a single scenario of frosthaven or Gloomhaven. Um, I don't know exactly how many scenarios there are, but on the Kickstarter page they say base game is about thirty hours worth.
0: Okay, uh, can you replay it, or is it like a single use legacy <sighs> I game where like get, you destroy some of the components?
1: I don't know about destruction of components, but I imagine there's probably diminishing returns. Okay,
0: um, I mean, is it, I s- is it like substantially different from King's Dilemma? Like, would it be worth? doing that first, or is is it, like, completely standalone and, like, mechanically different enough that, you know, you could skip that first one and just go straight to Queen's Dilemma?
1: That's a good question. I am not sure. I'm hoping that you can go straight to Queen's Dilemma because that's what I'm hoping to do. Yeah, any clue when that would pop up? They're looking for...
0: December 2023, it looks like. Oh, okay, so... So it's still a ways off. A lot of time to figure out the ropes of how it works. Yeah. Um, and if we wanted to give King's Dilemma a try first, we'd have time to do that, too. Yeah? Yeah. What do you got for game number three? So I'm not going to spend much time on this next one. Okay. Um, but it is Scholars of the South Tigris by Garfield Games.
1: I mean, it would have been... A huge oversight for us not to mention. Yeah, someone
0: had to say it. You know, it's yeah. it's the elephant in the room. So this is gonna be the second in the South Tigers trilogy. Yep. We had our full episode discussion of Wayfarers, and we already mentioned this game in that episode. Yes. Um, but this is gonna be the follow up and it is going to be all about translating ancient texts into arabic from various languages
1: such a cool premise yeah
0: which is so different and cool it's going to have the usual um miko artwork and it's going to follow through the mechanic of having dice for Mm -hmm. all the south tigris games so there's going to be a dice bag building element of this game yeah um
1: the bag building is an interesting Yes. Ad.
0: So I'm I'm very it's gonna be like having different colored dice that help you move up different tracks and also you can like use workers of different colors to like turn your dice from one color into another.
1: Do the different tracks correspond to different languages you're translating? No, the from tracks or are two? like
0: different types of text. So there's like philosophy, science, astronomy. Oh, okay. The languages you're gonna hire translators who know different languages. So I the see. cards will have like people on it and yeah. They will tell you what languages they speak. Right. Um, the only thing that is scary about this game for me the is complexity. the complexity. It would be my first ever um, In complexity fours. over four. I yeah. think as of right now, it's floating at like a 4.15 on Board Game Geek. Yeah. And I'm a little scared, but. <laughs> Worst case, you know what, like, I don't have to love every Garfield release that comes out. Worst case, if it's not for me, it's not for me. And I can sell that Kickstarter edition to a loving home for someone who loves it. And maybe I will actually really love it. And it'll open up a whole new realm of confidence of being like, you know what, I can try games of that complexity. Because there are a few that I've looked at and be like, wow, that game looks so cool. But I'm terrified of the time commitment and the complexity. Yeah. Well, and so this could be a good like it's familiar, but
1: yeah. leveling up. Okay, to play devil's advocate a bit on this, I mean the complexity on Wayfares was what like three seven, yeah, three eight, yeah, somewhere in there. I'd answer three seven. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it seems like a smart. Well, Smart one to go for to make the bid for jumping over that four threshold because it's like yeah. it's a game designer you're familiar with. With it's... all
0: the, the icons that we know and yeah. yeah.
1: If there was gonna be one to try, this yeah. is the one. And you know yeah. what,
0: again, like don't have to love it at the end of the day if that's the way it goes. But uh you know, I'm same way we we're open to trying a legacy campaign game with Queen's Dilemma, let's see how we do with a four point one complexity rating you know so Love it. we'll see so that's it for the like new new games yes on the list so the next one that we each have is we ended up both happening to choose um one game that is on our radar to pick up at some point when it's re-released or reprinted yeah um so it's currently not available or you would have to buy it secondhand for you know
1: yeah who knows how much so what do you have in this category so yeah i mean thematically loosely that's kind of the category i think this game would fall in i think technically this game is available now but it's a game from a designer that is particularly um infamous for doing small print runs and then you know, it's tough to get the game until they do another print run. Right. And they're pretty small outfits, so they don't always do another run for a couple years. And so this game is has been around a while. It's from 2012. And the designers have come up with a litany of really well-received, fairly complex strategy games. And the designer is Splatter Spellin'. And the game is The Great Zimbabwe. So this is one that I picked up just recently, and I'm looking forward to playing with you soon. But, yeah, the basic premise is that you are building out supply lines as an African tribe and building monuments to impress the deity of your choice. And different deities have you know, different powers associated with them. And then depending on your choice, the other thing that's really interesting, a few things, um, you know, your the logistics that you're laying out on the map are kind of interactive with other players, I think in a similar way to a game like Brass Birmingham. Okay. And then the other thing that's interesting about this game and what I find most intriguing is that the win conditions shift based on your choices in the game. So if you have a, say, more powerful deity, my understanding is you need to score more points in order to win than someone who has a less well-endowed...
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. I didn't didn't know that this was like... In this category of like, I didn't realize it was so hard to get. I just assumed oh, yeah. it, it cool. was it was out there. But good for you for snagging a copy. Yeah, it's a collector's item from the sound of it.
1: Yeah, because um, I mean, for this will be my first um, my first splatter game, but I'm pretty excited because I've I've just heard great things about all the games they do. I think they've done several. This is. You know, a few games ago, their their most recent release, which also looks quite good, is called Horseless Carriage. And you're, you're yeah, it's a funny name, but the premise is it's the start of the auto industry and you're each building your own factory to build cars. And Uh, because it's just the infancy of the auto industry, you're deciding what components are going to go into a car.
0: That's cool. I, I appreciate with both of those games that it seems like if nothing else they are going for different themes which is cool yeah it's Um, pretty pretty fantastic
1: i'm excited yeah how about you what is uh your hard to get slash reprint edition game that you'd like to plug
0: well quite the opposite from Cool, unique, different themes. This game probably has like the most generic theme imaginable. <laughs> this contrast. game, yeah, this Good game contrast. is Dwellings of Eldervale.
1: Oh, okay, Second cool. Second
0: printing should be coming soon, sometime this spring, hopefully. Ooh, and it is the box looks like the most generic fantasy thing you could <laughs> ever imagine, as does the name. And I also think it's hilarious that it sounds like Everdell, but it's very much not Everdell.
1: It does, they do sound yeah, similar. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not. Like, the
0: box is just, like, a big dragon with, like, skulls and a castle and fire and, like, elemental beings. It's like, all right, cool, okay. we, we get it, yeah. Okay. um, So it's a lot of, you know, dragons and monsters and magicians and all that stuff. But it is worker placement, area control, engine building all in one which sounds what? really fun and How everything you... that i've seen about this game seems like other than the theme itself which people are just kind of like eh, it's fine it's serviceable it doesn't make a difference yeah people love this game like yeah especially if you're into worker
1: placement games it's super cool so um i don't mean to interrupt but one thing i'm curious about is i don't know if i've I am trying to think of a game that's worker placement and area control. That's an interesting combination.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess you could make an argument
1: for Scythe. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And Cause I you're think... placing your, your, um, you know, your pieces near your monuments to generate more.
0: Yeah. And your workers are producing on certain spots, but like this kind of right. has a similar thing going on where you're building dwellings on certain spots on the map. But you have work, and like you have workers, but they're also like different kinds of workers. Like some of your uh, workers yeah. are just like wizards, and some are dragons, and they do different things. Yeah, I guess again, kind of like Scythe with like
1: well, the and, mech and the character and the worker do different things. Well, and kind of like the different worker colors in um you know Wait, Shem there, Phillips yeah. games where they can only go to certain spots on the board. Yeah, so yeah. I I'm like.
0: The artwork does look cool. Like some of the monsters look really fun. One of them kinda looks like a Balrog. Yeah. Um, some very cool dragons. Um, everybody plays with a unique player faction. Um and has oh, like their uh, own like player set that looks very nice. Yeah, they do kinda look like the player boards from Scythe. What's There's the player like count for trackers this game? that you can go up and down? Uh one to five. Sweet yeah. spot. Yep. Um three point two six Complexity rating, so okay. that's on par with like Everdell with the expansions thrown in, yeah, or you know a couple other games that we've talked about in the past, yeah. Um, the playtime says sixty to one hundred and fifty minutes.
1: That is a big range.
0: So it may be, I mean, player count, yeah, yeah. I it may be that. a little bit on the on the longer side, but you know that's huh. not that's not horrendous,
1: yeah,
0: um, yeah. So. I'm on the lookout for it. Yeah. And
1: did you say this one was another spring release? Yes. Cool.
0: Um so hopefully intriguing. we can get to that soon.
1: Very intriguing.
0: So that leads us to the final choices for the day and indeed again we decided
1: to throw in one expansion each. Yeah. So what do you have? Well, funny enough the one that I wanted to highlight is a game that we've already hinted at and talked a little bit about today, and that is Arc Nova Aquarius. We are getting an Arc Nova expansion. Uh-huh. And this is aquatic-themed. Got that so, from the name. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So if the deck in Ark Nova wasn't big enough for you, we are adding some, you know, we're adding Free Willy and some of his friends to the mix.
0: Okay. Are, like, are they going to have their own um,
1: enclosures that are like yes. aquariums? That's cool. Yeah. So they have their own enclosures. Another thing that's interesting about this, from what I've read, is that s- at least some of the aquatic creatures are going to be like coral reef themed. And I think the organizing mechanic is. A little bit reminiscent of Everdell because you're gonna have almost something like the Green Powers where every time you play a coral reef animal, the their powers activate.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And that makes sense like for fish, like right. schooling fish, you yeah. Know? yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah. Um so I'm excited about that. Okay. One.
0: As if as if we didn't have enough still to <laughs> dig into in Ark oh. Nova land, but Well, thankfully, the gift that keeps on giving.
1: Thankfully, it's still a little ways away. I don't uh, recall off the top of my head quite what the release date is, but we've got enough time to get in a couple more games of uh, standard non-expansion Ark Nova before uh, before the aquarium arrives. Yeah, before Free Willy hits the open (laughs) waters.
0: (laughs) Very cool.
1: Yeah. Um, How about you? Uh, What do you or anything else you wanted to? say on arc nova before we get your no i mean expansion. it's kind
0: of hard to i mean it just it sounds like just some more stuff expansion but if it throws in some gameplay shake-ups that'll be fun too
1: oh so the other um the other gameplay shakeup that i wanted to add is it adds another association option uh involved with breeding animals somehow oh so okay.
0: not quite sure how that works. That makes sense. That that is a thing that it, happens it, in zoos. It, so that's it cool.
1: works thematically and hopefully it's interesting thematically and hopefully gameplay wise it's enough of a variation to like add something that the game wasn't doing before. I like that. Yeah. Sounds good. So mm-hmm.
0: be on the lookout for that. No doubt. Yeah. So my expansion is gonna be a little bit of a cheat. Because it <laughs> so? technically has not been announced yet.
1: And but it's being released this year?
0: I am pretty sure it is. Okay. So, my expansion is the Two Towers Saga expansion for the <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the card game. All right. So, the way that I, I feel confident saying that it'll be released this year is that it seems like they're going to do one um, they did Fellowship last fall. Yeah. And then it seems like they're doing another um, expansion this spring. And then the saga expansions, which are the ones based off the actual books, seem like they'll come out each fall. So they will not re- announce that until sometime this summer, but it will come
1: out in the fall. Okay. They're not going to make you wait till the morning on the fifth day like Gandalf? <laughs> we'll see. Maybe it'll be like <laughs> the
0: fifth of October or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited about that because I... So, technically, this all exists already because the Lord of the Rings card game goes back to, like, 2011 or something. Oh, okay. But what they're doing is that, as of last spring, they started repackaging the whole thing. So, what they're doing is they're not going to republish everything from the game. Mm -hmm. But what they did is they republished the core set and threw in some extra stuff so it can be played with up to four players now, which I don't think I'd ever want (laughs) to do. It used to be only two And it also came with, like, a new campaign mode that you can do where you can, like, play through all the scenarios together and have things carry through. Hmm. Um, And they, like, released some starter decks that I got, and then they did, they repackaged. So the way they used to do it was, like, like it would come out in a bunch of small packs or decks that would be part of what they would call a cycle. Uh. But the way they're doing it now is they're putting a whole cycle in one
1: box. So when the the way they did the release before was it like Pokemon cards where it's just kind of luck yeah of the draw, like magic draw what the Gathering? no no
0: no like you knew you what you were gonna get oh okay but it would just be smaller sets
1: oh okay so
0: you they would release more frequently and they would have a lower price point per set but mm-hmm. you were just like accumulating bits and pieces gradually whereas now it's like what they did last spring was they did the whole Angmar awakened campaign. In one box, all Mm -hmm. the hero cards for Angmar Awaken in another box, and that's it. That's the whole cycle. Yeah. So it's just way more streamlined, and you just get the whole thing, and you have everything for that
1: cycle. Storage is a lot easier. Yeah,
0: and the the boxes are bigger and have, like, a nice insert, so you can store cards that are even not from that set in Mm -hmm. and fit it. Um, So they're republishing some of the cycles, so they announced that one is coming this summer. I think I'm just going to maybe get the heroes from that set, not the campaign, Um, Because I don't don't really feel like I want more of the, like, campaign missions beyond what's in the actual core, like, Lord Mm. of the Rings story. Okay. But
1: I think it'd be cool to, like, collect all the heroes. But, Ed, what would Tolkien think if you didn't get together on a weekend and play through the entire saga in one sitting while watching back to back to back Peter Jackson extended edition movies. I
0: think he'd be okay with it because he'd say, <laughs> don't be hasty. <laughs> um, okay, fair. Yeah. We'll play. So like in terms of in terms of like the actual boxes that I really want to get, like the big boxes, I think I am just set on getting yeah. Two Towers and Return of the King as they come out. Um and playing through those because I think it's just cool to like play through it it's mm-hmm. very much based on the books not right. so much the movies which is cool it has like characters that are not in the movies every card even just like the events and like attachments and stuff is yeah. based on something in the text it'll often have quotes um from the text yeah very like deep dive stuff oh, so yeah
1: nice little easter eggs yeah i mean i played this with you a few times i'm thinking of like You know, the elf cards that have, like, the rings of power add-ons.
0: Don't say those words. (laughs) Rings of power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, this lovely, faithful adaptation of Tolkien's work that should be continuing to make me happy this fall. Yeah. And part of what I like about it as well is it's, like, it's really the only game that I play solo I'm not really much of a solo player, but it is pretty chill when you play solo. Because yeah. it doesn't take that long to just play a single scenario and like you can tell if you're gonna lose pretty early on and just kind of reset and try it again. Kind of mm-hmm. like doing the daily crossword or something. Yeah. And you can it's not like super complicated, so you can even just like listen to music or listen to a podcast right. while doing it and be like, Yeah, I have forty five minutes to kill, why not? Yeah. Um and the deck building is really fun. Yeah, That's what I really is. love about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially as you're like adding, you know, different fighters to your party. Yeah,
0: and that's why I'm I'm so excited for Two Towers because I oh, mean I don't Helms I don't know Deep. exactly yeah, you get to like play through Helm's oh. Deep and like in terms of who like the heroes and characters they'll add, I'm like I don't know exactly which ones they'll add in it because it's combining two different sets that together made up the two towers in the old edition mm. but i'm imagining tree beard might be in it that'd be sick. Uh, saruman we can talk more about lord of the rings the card game another time for That's now good. i'm just going to be anticipating that specific set
1: and uh yeah i mean and I, I guess the only thing i would close in saying is you know we're you know trying to switch up the the uh, episodes a little bit like we've done some episodes that are just mostly reviews of single games and you know we're going to try to mix in every every cup every few episodes every several episodes I guess yeah. um, ones that, like this that are a little bit more thematic open discussion open discussion in in a different way and not focused on a single game. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. but it's been fun, and I definitely learned something new. Definitely have I learned a lot new. A couple of these. A couple of these new up-and-comers on my radar now so yeah thank just you for looking that. at
0: like the timeline in my head of what we talked about i'm <laughs> like okay dwellings of eldervale maybe in april earth in may yeah expeditions, um, expeditions maybe June, july. july yeah well we said king um queen's dilemma in december so that'll yeah. round out the year scholars will probably come in november so i'm like all right that's that's filling up fast. The calendars, yeah. Filling and up. the others, we don't know when they're going to drop, but they can drop. Well, we have um, Great Zimbabwe that we can basically play any time. Yeah, so that's yeah, exactly. Now.
1: And I and I don't know on uh, Tabris and Fit to Print when those are due to drop, but they'll just swoop in when the time is right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and like short ones like that, we can fit them in any time. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll have lots of
0: Arc Nova experimentation time in the meanwhile. Yes, we will. Yeah, yes, so we will, we will be back next week yeah with our next episode it's probably going to be a review Um, i think so so we will discuss offline what the next secret will be dropping for you is
1: yeah but uh thanks for tuning in and uh looking forward to uh talking again next week all right bye everyone bye